The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm Benjamin Shapiro, the executive producer of the MarTech Podcast, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. Juan is a recovering MarTech consultant turned creator who writes an amazing weekly newsletter about the MarTech industry. And I'm thrilled to invite him and some of his friends to take the mic and share their knowledge with you, our loyal MarTech Podcast listeners. All right, here's a special episode of the MarTech Podcast, guest hosted by Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. Hello, marketeers and MarTechers. My name is Juan Mendoza from the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. And this week, we are going to discuss market mix modeling and modern media buying in an age of online privacy. Joining me today is Rohit Maheswaran. He is the co-founder and chief product officer at LifeSite. The company was born from a deep understanding of the challenges in the increasingly stringent privacy regulations and cookie-less world. LifeSite empowers marketers to create impactful campaigns and personalized customer experiences, bridging gaps left by third-party data for a privacy-centric, cookie-less future. So today, Rohit and I, we are going to discuss how marketing mix modeling, you know, we probably hear this acronym quite a bit floating around how it actually unlocks scale and builds better budgeting decisioning when it comes to media buying and optimizing that media as well. So here's our first conversation with Rohit Maheswaran from LifeSite. He is the co-founder and chief product officer. Rohit, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm doing well. Uh, We were just discussing before we hit record here about how busy we both are. It sounds like LifeSite has been on a bit of a growth tear at the moment. How's the past six months been? Oh, it's been fantastic. I think our new product line is taking off. We, While we've been pretty much known in the third-party marketing measurement space in the past, now it kind of the evolution of the company has seen it move towards more first-party-based measurements, as well as introducing some of these more modern AI techniques for doing marketing measurements. That's awesome. Well, it's great to hear. I mean, right now, there is a lot of movement in the measurement space and marketing online. And a lot of it is being forced by the cookie-less future, which seems to be looming over us constantly. But I think a lot of change will happen in 2024 once Google starts deprecating third-party cookies properly. 
But can you give us a bit of a definition? So what is marketing mix modeling? How do you understand it? And how do you see marketers using it to achieve that better scale in their marketing efforts? Yeah, so marketing mix modeling has been around for years, right? For decades, actually, since the 60s, ever since people were deciding where to spend their advertising dollar. So ever since then, it was used, obviously, by some of the larger companies who could afford statisticians and data scientists and all of that. But the advent of tracking-based measurements completely killed it in the late 2010s, perhaps, I would say, when true tracking, individual level tracking, took off the golden era of essentially attribution. That's when marketing mix modeling, I think, lost its popularity because everyone, all marketers could see the immediate result from a click-based or view-based attribution tool. And then that ended up being like a fake delusion of sorts where this is what is working. When in reality, marketing mix modeling is actually the true sense of being able to really measure the influence of any media channel, online and offline, and not just gravitate towards the giants in the digital media space and be able to then measure that influence on the KPI, right, or the offline or the sale. So that's marketing mix modeling. Obviously, the traditional methodologies have now since evolved. There are cloud-based, AI-based capabilities today that enable a lot faster output of these marketing mix models and is able to then give even a non-technical or non-marketing analytics person to deliver a same output. So, Mark, so as you say, marketing mix modeling has been around for a long time, but it's slowly evolved. It's almost like we're going back to the future here a little bit because it's becoming increasingly important to marketers, particularly marketers that are managing a lot of media spend, to figure out those signals. From my experience, MMM has played a role in understanding not just channel outcomes in terms of where the money's coming from, where the conversions are coming from, but also things like weather, seasonality, and other elements in the whole marketing mix. So it gives you a sort of a broader context. But why now? Why is MMM becoming such an important part of the marketing toolkit? Yeah, in essence, this is driven from the fact that ever since GDPR and technology changes such as iOS 14 and all the latest browser-based limitations, right, Safari and Chrome that is coming up soon as well, has started limited the ability to do the one-to-one matching and in essence has diminished the signal quality and also complete signal loss in many cases. So if attribution can't be done or tracking-based methodologies can't be done accurately, your measurements outcome is just not accurate. So you're reading all your reports in Google Analytics, which is all almost completely wrong. And then you have the in-platform reporting, which is telling you one thing. And then you look at your Shopify account, it tells you another thing. So it's completely disjointed in that sense. So that's where marketing mix modeling comes in as a secondary methodology and in this today's world to supplement your decision-making capabilities and try to guide you towards triangulating the actual truth of what's happening in the world in terms of your marketing outcomes. So like you mentioned, marketing mix modeling, of course, takes in all kinds of data. Essentially, you can feed it your spend data, you can feed it your convergence data, and then all other factors as well, right? Like you mentioned, whether your competitors have done some promotions, events that are happening, sports events or holiday sales events like BFCM and all of that, it takes into all of that into account as well as some organic data, right? Your newsletters, your video views on TikTok, whatever it might be, and puts it all into the model and is able to then churn that out, take that all into account and allocate your budgets in the most optimized fashion. 
So MMM has this ability to get that signal, right? So what is each channel contributing, which is kind of interesting because the way, maybe you can help our audience understand how it actually works. Is it a black box? You feed it a bunch of data and it gives you some results. Is there weightings? Is there different types of methodologies within using an MMM model? Could you perhaps step us through like, what does that look like on the ground, perhaps with even the LifeSite software? Yeah, absolutely. So MM model is a model, right? It's a prediction model. It's a statistical model. So in essence, it's the structure is already there. The foundation is there. It understands all the different ad channels. It understands how the data is impacting specific outcomes, right? It understands two core things in advertising, which is ad stock and saturation. Ad stock being how long is the effect of an ad on a person, right? On a consumer, as well as then saturation as to how far can you go before the channel gives you diminishing returns. So all of these things are built into it. And in essence, what you're doing is feeding it historical aggregated data of all your activities that you've done in the past. This includes like up to two years of your spend date across all the channels, as well as then the corresponding sales data for that specific day or for that specific week. So that's another great thing about MMM is we don't need individual level data. This kind of completely privacy safe and privacy compliant in every angle that you can think about. And then once you feed the data in all the external data factors, which is already built in, right? So that's something that LifeSite provides where we already build in all these other external data factors into it. And then you train the model. So this is now made a lot easier with a lot of open source models. The most popular one from Meta called Robin. You then have Google Lightweight. You have Orbit from Uber and few others. And all of this essentially, LifeSet sees ourselves as a data platform, right? We are not a machine learning product per se, but we are enabling you to apply any machine learning model on top of the data that you ingest into our platform. So in essence, making it super easy for non-technical marketers to leverage some of these tools out of the box. Once you feed that in, you pick your model and then generate it. Obviously, there are a lot of nuances. An experienced modeler or statistician or data scientist or marketing analytics person would know all the nuances. They know how to adjust the model. So you can actually calibrate that model. You can change something called your hyperparameters. You can say, no, actually, I know that Instagram gives me a longer ad stock or something like that. And it's all custom for your brand as well. So the whole idea is to build something custom to your brand and your industry and your country, for example. And then from there, it is just trained and within 20 to 30 minutes, it's trained on. We use the cloud, so Google Cloud, and that's done quite quickly. And then you get to look at the results and the results will essentially tell you a prediction accuracy or like a confidence level of what the model outputted. And from there, we essentially are able to then decide whether you want to use that, whether that's close to your truth of what you're seeing in attribution as well and perhaps all your other knowledge that you have and experience that you have. And then from there, obviously, you can work with our consultants and be able to then decide whether this model is good for you. Once you have that, then it's all about building up scenarios, your media plan scenarios, essentially. And you can say, okay, if I increase my budget from 100000 last week to 120000 what incremental sales is that going to give me? That's where this flexibility of using this model in a cloud or software-based environment gives you that power, right? You're not paying Nielsen a million dollars for one model and then stuck with it for the whole year. You're kind of being able to adapt and move quite quickly. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, 
And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. What I'm seeing in the market right now is that a lot of folks that are shifting away from, say, last-click attribution or a multi-touch attribution, which was pretty common and prevalent, say, in Google Analytics, et cetera. They're shifting away from that, and they're kind of using a combination of MMM and geolocation or like holdout groups and incremental testing. How are you seeing MMM sitting kind of in the MarTech analytics stack? Is it kind of one tool? Is it becoming the source of truth increasingly? What's that mix look like, do you think, right now for a lot of companies? I think any experienced marketing scientist or marketing analytics person would have all these tools in their tool bag. We always start with MMM in the sense that we take the customers, when we speak to the customer for the first time, we say, let's reallocate your budgets first. So let's not do any big mega change. Let's not track anything. Just give me your data. Let's reallocate your budgets. We start with that. Once they have that, then they run the campaigns. Obviously, this is then backed with the proper movement of data. We have a data activation tool as well, which essentially sends the highest quality data to all the ad platforms so that they track your attribution better and your conversions better. And the second step is then to do attributions and daily optimizations. You need attribution for that. You need to be able to know which campaigns to switch off. You need to be able to see which ones double down on. So that's where attribution comes into play which is daily optimization tool. And then finally, you need to prove all of that. Now I've done all this advertising. I want to now prove and validate that all of those with the gold standard, which is experiments. That's when you can either do an audience split test or a geo test and do a holdout group and see what exactly did those campaigns bring in terms of incrementality to you. So then it goes back into a feedback loop of then measuring, recalibrating your MMM model with the lift data that you get from the experiments, because that's closer to the ground truth of what's actually happening. So yeah, then that goes into the feedback loop, and then you're back again reallocating your budgets that is closer to the ground truth, and then coming back to attribution and then going back to experiments again. So that's how we see the mix. That does seem to be the quote-unquote best practice as we emerge out of new methodologies. Well, going back to the future almost of uh, finding the old methodologies and making them new again, 
in this sort of new world of online privacy, it does seem to split between, say, forecasting and a sort of a sense of the holistic sense of your performance in terms of media, and then the like the specific testing you do to figure out what's that attribution doing. So there's sort of a, a broad and then a narrowing in. I think yeah, MMM is the broad picture, and then the narrowing is that geo holdout, those different types of incremental testing. So it's kind of interesting how those work together, but they're not the same methodology. They're extremely different in the analysis and even the data they use as well. But I wanted to ask you, I mean, you've seen this industry for a while. You've been building LifeSite for quite a time. What have been some of the challenges around using uh, marketing mixed modeling? Like, What have been some of the things where you know, marketers really struggle to get this right or you, you kind of see an anti-pattern come up time and time again? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is convincing the modern marketer, right? When I say modern marketer, the marketers has only been using attribution all their lives and they're not part of like a large enterprise who has all of those marketing scientists and all of that, right? So the biggest challenge is educating them about the values of using it in combination and also convincing them that this probabilistic model of sorts is the way to go, right? Because everyone is so familiar with that certainty of deterministic tracking-based methodology, one-to-one match, right? I clicked it and I saw the sale, therefore it is real. That mindset needs to kind of change. So that has been a big challenge. Another challenge is also getting access to the data, right? Not many people have historical data arranged in a nice way and be able to access it. So we spend a lot of time on data prep before running the MMM model. And of course, then you have bad data and that's when you need a consultant to step in, an expert who knows how to arrange the data or tweak the model in order to be able to output a usable model. So that's where we see some challenges, but the market is changing. As you probably know, it's being flooded now with MMM tools. So yeah, we're happy to see that that education is happening in a large scale and that marketers are open to testing out the tool beyond just relying on GA4 and in-platform reporting. Okay, so I'm going to flip this a little bit and I'm going to ask you, okay, you've got a new customer, they're getting onboarded with MMM for the first time. Let's give them a name. Okay, their name is, I don't know, Joey. Joey's come to you, he's worked at XYZ Enterprise Company and they, they want to do mixed media modeling. They want to get off GA4 and, and last click attribution. Okay, great. You go into their business and go, okay, we need this data. What would be the ideal data setup to effectively run MMM modeling? What would you say to Joey? What do you need? So we need typically at least a year's worth of data. So if you are a business that has been running for shorter than that, it's just you're probably too young, you're probably too small. So you have to be a certain size. At least I would say 50,000 USD in marketing spend a month. That's the sweet spot that we're seeing where it actually makes sense more than three channels. So you have to fulfill this criteria before marketing mix modeling is suitable. Otherwise, it's just not practical, right? You can do just fine with your attribution tools. And then essentially we're saying you've got to either connect your data into the platform. So connect all the digital channels that we have connectors for. So just log in and authorize and give permission to access the data. Alternatively, if you have data sitting in an offline store, you can then load that into a Google Sheet or something like that and then connect the Google Sheet to our platform as well. Then the data starts flowing in. We see what you would call an MMM schema, what the model would be fed essentially in an arranged, nicely arranged format. And then we map that schema to the model and then you're good to go. So if the prediction is high and accuracy is high, then we would really deep dive into it and see what it's saying. And it all has to make sense as well. If it just says something completely non-intuitive, then we know it's not the right model. So yeah, it can spit out quite a lot of models actually, and you can pick the right one for you. 
in essence. So that's how you would get started. And then it would output what you call essentially a budget worksheet. So it would say exactly how much to spend on each channel for the following week or following month. And then you would then feed that data into Facebook directly or into Google and so on and so forth. And then monitor the outcomes in the following weeks. So yeah, so then it's a feedback loop, right? You come back with the data. So that is automatically refreshed and feeds back into the model. And then the model is updated again and recalibrated with lift data if needed. Well, that is fascinating. We'll end it on that note. Uh, it's ideal setup <laughs> for an MMM model and implementing that for scale and to get more insight into where you should be putting your marketing budgets. That wraps up our episode today for the MarTech podcast. Thank you to Rohit Maheswaran from LifeSite for joining us. In part two of this interview, in which we'll publish tomorrow, Rohit and I are going to do a little bit more of a deep dive into optimizing media buying in the privacy-first era. So if you can't wait until our next episode, would like to learn more about Rohit, you can go find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can also contact him on Twitter, where his handle is at Rohit Ma or visit his company website at lifesite.io. Rohit, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Juan. Nice talking to you. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to our guest host, Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. If you'd like to get in touch with Juan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Juan Mendoza, but it's spelled crazy pants. It's J-U-4-N-M-E-N-D-0-Z-4. Or it's a little easier to just visit his company's website, which is themartechweekly.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletters, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.